broadcasting to you live from the top of an airplane that we're attaching a hook to. Uh, <laughs> or was it a helicopter? Uh, it, procedure doesn't matter here. Uh, joining me as usual is my fellow double O, Eric Sayor. Um, I feel like uh, I'm you're over the helicopter and I'm in that little weird <laughs> submarine thing under the sea and uh, <laughs> that's where we're at right now <laughs> probably I, th I think that checks out um yeah um we are at license to kill i brought this up before we recorded but uh anybody who remembers our announcement show art from like two years ago <laughs> when we started doing this uh we, we are at that the movie that inspired the art and that our the name of our show comes from um, so yeah, License to Kill. Uh, we've made it to the namesake episode. Um, for a movie that I'm gonna hot take here real quick, it's all right. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's fine. Um, How many yeah. episodes have started with this sentence? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them, um, because a lot of them are just like all right. Yeah, but I will, yeah. I, I will point out that this is one that like. People have spicy opinions on they either hate this one or they love this one um, in my general world experience. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I land like you somewhere in the middle, but I think I liked it more. I like I liked it. Maybe more than the last one, uh, mm. more than Living Daylights. Yeah, uh, maybe because I, I had an idea what to expect better from the Dalton Bond. Yeah. Uh, I think he in this movie, he feels like very much like a different character than the Bonds from the previous Bonds, like Roger Moore and um, and Sean Connery. Mm -hmm. Kind of feel pretty like they have their differences, but they feel like similar guys. But uh, Timothy Dalton has mm -hmm. like, you know, feels more it's like a darker portrayal than Bond and this is like for the first mm -hmm. Bond the first Bond movie where he's like incredibly serious and like kind of driven by himself since um since I guess um uh Her Majesty's Secret Service yeah yeah he, he's definitely he's he's much more um there's a uh there's a sense of aggression to him and the way that he plays plays Bond in this movie. Um that's it's not really in a lot of Bond movies. A lot because Bond usually doesn't take things very personally. <laughs> uh yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the there is kind of a, a link kind of the more prominent thing you can do between uh Donald Craig's Bond and Timothy Dalton, mm -hmm. they're, they're, I think they land kind of on the same side of, mm -hmm. of like, uh, of the same type of Vaughn in a way. And mm -hmm. while I'd put all the others on the other, like, more, like, I don't know, fun mm -hmm. Bonds. Yeah. Uh, bonds that don't take what they're doing that seriously. Yeah, definitely. He's He's certainly on, he's in one of the circles of the yeah, we we all know the yeah the, the circle graph. Um, I'm sure there's another name I'm forgetting. The Venn diagram. Yes, the Venn diagram. Yes, that basic word that we all learned very early on. I know. 
Um, I absolutely knew it. I was testing you. Uh, you you passed. Um, <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah, definitely. He's he's in the same sort of uh, half as Craig, and I I think there's a he certainly feels like a precursor. Um, because I I know I've seen interviews of him saying that he was doing something very similar. He was trying to be a little bit darker and a little bit less kid friendly, um, especially in this movie. And I think that shows this movie in general. Um, it, I, I don't want to say suffers, but it's it, it's one of those where you can feel the influences of other movies from the same time period. Um, but I, I, for me, I think it actually works really well here. Um, I don't mind the like 80s action movie trope stuff that shows up because there's enough. There's enough just like bond stuff in here also to sort of balance it out for me um i don't know how do you feel about that the sort of 80s-ness of it all um i don't know it it kind of feels like a lot of bond movies that are more representative and inspired from the stuff of sort of their era and i think this is like the end of the 80s right there's a lot of Mm -hmm. um I feel like the movie we've covered on this show, maybe that this movie made me think the most about is like uh, Terminator 2. Uh, mm. Because there's a lot of like cheese scenes that remind me a lot of that movie. That, that movie does them better, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mean, I mean, even today, I don't think there, there are that many car chases that are better than in Terminator 2, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of care for physical spectacle, and more than I think the previous few we've talked about. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's trying to be bigger and also more like physical, like physically mm-hmm. realistic in like how, uh, like see, seeing cars like hit each other and explode and like uh, go around and stuff like that um there's definitely yeah. a lot of that which, which i don't think um i mean bond has some chase scenes but they're more like they tend to be pretty funny uh <laughs> and that's that's like i mean i mean that's like uh kind of like i don't know how much of that is us watching it now but i i feel like a lot of the intent when there's a guy like hitting like grenades back with a tennis racket it's like there's a joke in there right but this has like this has very few i think physical jokes in it action scenes there's like the classic Mm -hmm. like quips and uh on both sides um but uh yeah it, it does it does like feel like an 80s action movie, like you said. And I think um, yeah. it's also a movie that feels kind of um, a response to earlier Bonds, or at least maybe a John Glenn response to his own work. Like, this is his last Bond movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's, like, there's maybe some stuff in there, like, around the Bond girl and the kind of ridiculousness of it all that's, like, kind of making fun of itself uh that i kind of that i that i liked as well yeah yeah i think that's i think that's definitely there there's um 
there's um there's a real uh you can kind of feel like the reins shifting um and the attempts to sort of um modernize things uh you know like this feels like more of a natural progression in terms of the action from i mean back to what you said uh, as far back as a uh, lazenby like after lazenby the action didn't change much over the course of 15 years i think um in all the roger moore movies like it's pretty static in terms of you know just stunts and fights and car chases there are a couple of places where it gets pretty good um and where it's done a little bit better but it feels like movie the uh the later 80s movies that we talked about are very similar to the 70s movies um whereas this feels like it's keeping up with where things are you know punches and hits feel harder um you know and like you said the car crashes feel bigger and more um uh more impactful so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting because we've talked before about like movies trying to respond to stuff of the time like what's popular especially in the roger moore era there's like uh there's definitely the the black exploitation one there's the um the kung fu the Marsh, one. yeah the kung fu one there's the star wars one there's like these movies that are specifically trying to respond to these trends and when they don't work, like the one immediately after is a very by the book Bond movie. Um, mm -hmm. Like, uh, um, uh, uh, and like just after Moonraker, you have uh, something that's more uh, in, yeah. by the book. Um, and this feels like kind of Bond trying to catch up to like what's being done at the time. And I think part of it is also that a lot of this movie is uh, shot in uh, America and Mexico, which is not necessarily usually the case. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that has something to do with it, uh, because you get uh, a lot of the, um, uh, a lot of the, um, how can you say, people doing uh, the, um, the stunts, like the, all, all the stunts performer mm -hmm. that, I guess are working in America at the time have been working on those big action movies of that era. Yep. So maybe you have some of that expertise that make uh, that may let them make something like that instead of what you see prior mm -hmm. when you're shooting um, all over Europe or like you can shoot a similar like right you can shoot this kind of truck chase in Europe, right? It's that not mm -hmm. happening, especially not in a city. Uh, they're not made for that, but. Um, so, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's maybe some of that in the production. I, like I've read a bit about the projection, and it didn't say much about like it, like much comments about like just trying to be do bigger stunts or stuff like that. And this might be just like a, like I said, product mm -hmm. of the era and the time. And um, uh, but it, it makes for I think a pretty entertaining movie. I, there's a lot of moments yeah. in that movie that I just really like, and I think. Um, Mm -hmm. we, can get, we can get to them. We can can yeah. start. We should talk about what's, what happens in this actual movie. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a revenge story film. Like, Bond isn't trying to stop a, a world right. He's trying to stop a criminal. He's trying to basically get mm -hmm. revenge on a criminal and kill him. 
There's no, yeah. he doesn't care really about stopping him. It happens, but that's just because it's a Bond movie. Um, mm -hmm. So because the movie starts and uh, Bond and Felix, uh, you prepared me for the Felix that was going to show up in this movie to be <laughs> a random one. And it was definitely a random one. Um, uh, yeah. So <laughs> how, what are your feelings on this particular Felix? Um, it's interesting because uh, I I talked about it a lot in the last episode how I feel that it how I felt it was so strange, um, and at the same time after watching that last one and realizing that the Felix in that movie is basically non-existent, <laughs> he's really just there so that you have a Felix. Um, I, I kind of understand why we get this Felix. He he lends himself to the whole this is someone who knows him and has known him for a long time. I do still think it's weird that he's so noticeably older than our current Bond. Um, he does, but yeah, he feels very random. The only sort of justification that I can come up with for it is, I believe the original story, Live and Let Die, was adapted into this. Um, and because both this and that movie are adapting the same source material, I guess it makes sense. Um, but yeah other than that it's a very strange choice to go with a bond who hasn't been in a movie i think in almost 20 years when they made this um closer to 15 but still like it's it's strange but i think once once we get those scenes of them like having camaraderie and like the strange very close relationship that they have with felix's fiance and wife um once that stuff all plays together and like the chemistry they have, it, it it didn't bother me as much this time because usually it's just one of the five things that I remember about this movie when I haven't seen it in a while is the Felix is a strange choice. Uh, Robert Davi is a villain <laughs> and a couple other people really stand out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we can get a little earlier in who is in this movie. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of people there, a lot of recognizable faces. I I guess I'll say that. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, starting with uh, so so they're on their way to, uh, Bond is with Felix on his way to Felix's wedding. Bond is the best man. So, um, but on the way, they get intercepted by uh, the DA. Who have a stunt yep. operation against um, uh, Robert Davi Robert Davies, Frank uh, Sanchez, who's like a, a, a drug lord in Latin America. I think he's out of um, Cuba. Is what you're supposed to understand. Um, that's uh, why they can't yeah. get him. I, I I think he's usually out of Cuba, so that's why they can get him. Uh, but he's out of Cuba because he's trying to um, because his mistress escaped with a lover, and he you get a like a scene of him like finding her um, with that lover and uh, <laughs> telling her that she's gonna he's gonna take out this guy's heart and like bring her back with him. Uh, so so he's in Mexico out of like the protection of Cuba. So Bon. Um, Felix and the DA agent, including um, 
Everett McGill um, from mm -hmm. uh, Twin Peaks fame, uh, who yep. plays uh, Ed, <laughs> who plays a, who plays a big Ed in Twin Peaks and plays Ed Killifer, uh, the agent in this movie. I love that his name is also just Ed because this guy I just has a yeah. he has a good Ed face. I think he's played Ed like 50,000 times in different things, so I think it fits. Um, yeah, he's he's perfect in this role. I was like, oh, he's either going to be a villain or he's going to get killed very quickly. Um, uh, spoilers, uh, he he does not die too quickly. Um, Something in yeah. between is a response. Yeah. Um, um, so so they, they do the stunt, they... they go like the the chase um the the chase fran sanchez in helicopter uh land try to capture him he has this plan where he's like kind of uh they're following his car and he's like hiding in the bushes to take a plane by himself and then they take the helicopter and kind of like bond ties himself, jumps out of the helicopter and like ties a rope from the helicopter to the plane. Uh, I guess the this helicopter is stronger than that small plane. It's uh, yeah. It's That's kind funny. of ridiculous. Um I mean it's ridiculous enough that Christopher Nolan stole it <laughs> and uh uh used it in a Batman movie, so yeah. Um <laughs> Um, I mean, it's exactly the same. It's just in that it's like a bigger plane or something. Um, and I think he has the the decency to have the wings come off, if I'm remembering correctly. I haven't seen The Dark Knight Rises in at least 10 years, so uh, <laughs> or whenever it came out. Um, so, yeah, that scene wasn't it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so they capture Frank Sanchez and uh parachute down and go back to the wedding and parachute down to it and um for now frank sanchez is captured um when yeah. they're transporting he, like um when he's being uh, interrogated he uh he says that whoever saves him whoever's if anyone like frees him he would offer them two million dollars in cash yeah. um so Ed, who's transporting him, kind of, uh, they, they have this plan where Ed is going to drive off a bridge and um, uh, in the middle of like a, the transport and a bunch of men in some uh, ghillie suits would be waiting for them underwater and like give them oxygen breathing things and uh, mm -hmm. Frank Sanchez escapes um escapes and uh get decides to get his revenge on Felix. So that's what starts like the actual plot of the movie. Usually the yeah. action scene at the beginning of a, a Bond movie doesn't necessarily have a link with the rest of the plot, but this is like from the start mm -hmm. of the movie you're just like in this story. Um and it doesn't yeah. really stop. And and I think that this this kind of becomes the norm after this. I'm I'm hard pressed to think of another Bond movie after this where this isn't the thing that happens where they aren't setting up something. Um, it's very rare, um, and usually, even if it's if it seems like it's unconnected, there will be some small connection um, back to the beginning. So this is them sort of going in a new place with this opening. 
Um, but yeah, uh, this is a good time, I guess, to talk about the Bond song, um, which happens um, sort of in between. Uh, what what did you think of this song, first of all, in the in the sequence and all that stuff? Um, um should have listened to that song before it played before the the episode but I, I i think i liked it i think it's like a pretty like uh kind of late 80s uh, uh i don't know like not it's, it doesn't feel like uh mm-hmm. the duran duran of it all of the last few songs but it's like it has its vibe, and I think it fits well, kind of the movie. I kind of I like the soundtrack to this movie actually. I think it's yeah. it's done pretty well. There's not as many like the last movie had a bunch of like random songs in it. I th- think I remember that correctly, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of well, there's a lot of music in that. There is some more additional music in this. There's even a closing credits song, um, which I forgot about because I don't remember how this movie ends. Um, until I'm watching it again. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of like extra music in that last one. This one, the, the like the score is fairly um, uh, standard, but really good. Um, it fits well with the themes of the movie and it, it incorporates some of the Bond theme uh, and, the, and the actual song of the movie. Um, I really like this song. Um, this is probably among my favorite Bond songs. It's very classic. It feels like a throwback to the Connery stuff, which I think fits with the sort of resetting of the tone um, uh, for Dalton as Bond in this movie. Um, yeah, and then I, it felt to me like the... Even though the opening stuff is a lot of what we've seen before, I don't know, for some reason this one felt different to me. Um, it felt like there was a little bit more of a refresh here. Um, I think the ultimate refresh is coming in our next movie where they really like amp it up and update things. But for the technology that they're still using and stuff that they've been doing at this point for uh, 30 plus years, almost um, this feels like it's not quite as old hat as um, some of the other uh, opening themes that we've been seeing. Um, which have just felt like the same stock footage <laughs> used over and over again. Um, yeah, this looks so, pretty yeah. good, and yeah, and uh, yeah, I I like I like that song. Um, I think yeah. reading about it now, apparently, it, it it's like a, it takes part of Goldfinger in it, uh, of oh. the Goldfinger song. Um, uh, yeah, that yeah, that makes sense. Which, uh, <laughs> Which uh, the Goldfinger song is, I think, is I think kind of a, I don't know, the gold standard for like the slower songs. Even if that oh, movie is not the best, I think that song still, mm-hmm. uh, still is excellent. Yeah, some of the best Bond songs are going for that song. Like they're trying to be that song to some degree. I mean, even Skyfall yeah. is very much trying to be that song. Um, uh, you know and. And songs that even aren't that good are also going for it. Diamonds Are Forever is just like <laughs> Goldfinger Part 2. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, I, you can definitely see some inspiration there, but also it feels like very different than very of this movie. I think the whole soundtrack <laughs> um, kind of... I mean, 
knowing that the um this, mm-hmm. uh, the movie was scored uh by the composer that did like movies like Die Hard and Little Weapon and so action like American action movies kind of make sense mm-hmm. and kind of help give the vibe that we talked about at the beginning. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of stuff that adds to the '80s action moviness of it. I mean, the cast is a lot of people who show up in so many '80s action movies. You know, people who show up in Die Hard for like a minute, or uh, you know, the Beverly Hills Cop movies, and so on and so forth. Um, a lot of those people are also in this as like minor characters, so that that definitely adds to it. But Michael Kamen. He he exists in a very specific period of American film composing. Um, he he's like a crystallized version of that era. Um, so it, it makes sense that he's part of why it feels so of that time. But I think it works, you know. And and even back to the Bond main song, like it feels very throwback, but it also feels very eighties. Um, just in how big um, and bombastic it is, um, uh, which which really stood out to me. And I think it's part of why, I, you know, occasionally I'm like, I want to listen to some Bond stuff, uh, you know, sometimes. Uh, and this is one of the ones that I'm like, yeah, I'm, I would listen to this just outside of uh, anything else. So, yeah. Um uh yeah did you have any sort of other thoughts about the the music um or the oh, i think that's topic? about it i think we can move on to like uh to the actual like um uh, main part of yeah. the movie so uh sanchez is freed by ed Killifer and yep. uh goes back to get his revenge on felix so mm-hmm. he captures felix he murders his new wife, uh, Della, um, mm-hmm. who I guess you get some uh, you get some nice you get some nice scenes with her and Bond like at the we- after the wedding, uh, where she's like kind of teasing him and saying and saying I'm like oh you're you're gonna be next or thanks thanks for keeping Felix alive that kind of mm-hmm. got kind of a, a talk. Um, and we get like a moment where Felix is, mentions that Bond has been married before. Um, yep. Uh, which we've we've talked about. Uh, you get like a this like this like small dark moment. Um, but yeah, Felix is captured. Della is uh, killed like brutally, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, what Sanchez, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's like a, some like uh, rape implications in there. Um, yeah, the we we also get uh, to see uh, Sanchez uh, Hans Henchman Dario, who's played by a very young Benicio del Toro, uh, in a, <laughs> who's. I it's hard to imagine him that young, but he just looks like a younger version of himself, and he's yep. re- pretty good in this movie, playing like a just a very violent guy. Yeah, he only has a he doesn't have a lot of lines. I was like counting, but it, man, he he goes for it. He he does what you expect from Benicio del Toro. He's just like going going 
going right at it. Um, the way that he says honeymoon is just uh, so good. Um, yeah, uh, but he only shows up a couple more times, and he's a uh, he's a uh, amazing every time he shows up. Um, yeah, yeah, high high marks I would give him. Um, yeah. yeah, and yeah. Uh, after yeah. we get like a, we get like a light interrogation scene from Bond. He's arguing with all the other people who are like, we can't go after him, right? Um, uh, and uh, he starts looking into it himself a yeah, little bit. Yeah, the the thing to mention though is that um, he doesn't kill Felix. Sanchez doesn't mm. kill Felix. He like drops him in like a shark infested water and the shark uh, gets both of Felix's legs and then he's left uh, he's left for dead um, mm-hmm. and Bond finds him and takes him to the hospital and he's like in a coma and that's like the motiv- the motivation is there um, to f- find Sanchez and get revenge and like yeah he's faced with some red tape uh, it's not his jurisdiction really um uh, Sanchez is trying to escape. Is gonna probably gonna escape to Cuba, where the Americans won't be able to see nothing, anything uh, to do or see or find him any uh, um, in yeah. any way. So um, uh, so Bond takes matter in his own hands uh, with the assistance of um, what's the name of that character. Um, Oh, Sharky, um, Sharky, yeah. played by Frank McRae, who's like the other groomsman uh, at the winning. Uh, yeah. um, they, so they investigate the the place where um, uh, the place where Felix's legs gets cut off, and kind of. Um, uh, and they there they find Ed. They have this this like uh, action scene where like Bond, there's this action scene where Bond is like hiding and shooting and using like um, it's like a warehouse where with right uh, with like aquariums. It's like uh, something in between like a drug shipping place and a marine research center. So there's like all these water tanks and like bonds like throws guys in water tanks and like electrocutes them and so what you'd expect <laughs> from a Bond movie action scene. Um and like Ed is there with his two million dollars uh and bonds like Bond throws him to the sharks um after he learned that um Sanchez is on his way on a boat. Yeah. Um to Cuba and then this like a uh, fake country that they made up called uh, Isthmus, um, uh, yeah, um, which is like a puppet state, uh, yeah, that San- Sanchez has created, um, yeah, and then let's see, yeah, then uh, you get like the the MI six moment, uh, so yeah. so Bond is setting up to like. Chase the boat. Him and Sharky are are gonna like take a small boat and try to try like a, I guess to get Sanchez on the boat, uh, or to get some information on him because at this point Sanchez is back on Isthmus, mm-hmm. um, and 
Bond is like like some like MI6 some guys that you assume are like the A guys from early in the movie but uh, take him like to a house where people want to talk to him and it's like it's the head of M the head of the MI6 uh, who tells him that uh, he should just abandon this mission there's no point to it he has an actual mission he just needs to go to Istanbul and and get started on it uh, Bond kind of um Bond says he quits and asks for his gun and his license to kill. Um, and Bond is Bond uh, kind of uh, escapes in uh, into the woods and just like takes the boat and leaves and abandons the MI6 basically. So yeah. he's a man on the run. Real little Mission yeah. Impossible moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah very Mission Impossible. Um, again, also setting like uh, a a precedent for I think basically every Bond movie after this, um, most of them at least, uh, have at least one moment where he goes on the run from uh, MI6. Um, but uh, I I think it's actually used pretty well here. Um, the moment where M asks for his for his license to kill and his gun still plays really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's like this classic, like you get this like tense moment where they look at each other, and like I M is thinks he's about to like give him the things and just go, but uh, the slight hesitation, the moment of action, he gets shot out by like a sniper in a tower, uh, but manages to escape and um, mm-hmm. and go on to chase. Uh, to chase uh not Sanchez but uh the boat of um Prest, I think is his name. Uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's like uh yeah, his the guy running the uh aquatics study lab thing. Um, <laughs> who's also his uh yeah. part of his um yeah, he's he's like yeah, a part, part of the part of Sanchez's yeah. organization. He Milton mm-hmm. Crest. He's he has like a. He's going to Isthmus by boat, and on the boat with him, he's carrying um, uh, the uh, the mistress of Sanchez, like the woman from mm-hmm. the beginning of the movie. Um, I think uh, Crest is also supposed to be like the drug runner by boat kind of he uses yeah. like the marine research as a cover to be able to smuggle drugs in and out um mm-hmm. so yeah he's the he's a legitimate sort of cover for a lot of stuff he was going to take ed back to Ismith as well is the implication um yeah uh and there's an extended sequence of that uh bond trying to uh, hide and then get away. Um, yeah, he, Sharky he, dies. Yeah, uh, so yeah. He gets point. on the boat. There's the. I kind of want to mention it because there's mm. one of those first moments of like, or like the Bond franchise is kind of talking about itself is when he gets on the boat and he has this moment with um, the mistress, uh, mm-hmm. who's. Um, uh, who who has this line where she's like, um, uh, um, 
what, like uh, Sharky is captured and killed, and like Bond wants to get like revenge again on the guy who killed her, and he she's like, uh, uh, "You men only know this way of doing things. Like uh, it's only like killing and then killing and then killing, and that's like all that happens in a Bond movie, basically." Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the Bond kind of escapes in like a, by like diving underwater and then taking a, a scuba suit and then like jumping on like like kind of doing like skinetic of like a boat and then like sneaks into a plane and then escapes it's completely ridiculous and Mm -hmm. later in the movie there's a scene where like crest has to explain to sanchez like how bond escaped and sanchez is like you're just making it up it doesn't make any sense it's so (laughs) dumb uh and like uh he doesn't trust uh he's like kind of sketchy on trusting Crest crest at this point and it's like um it's so funny. It's it's like, yeah, that scene was completely ridiculous and ir- irrealist, and the movie like, makes you remember it like, and half an mm-hmm. hour later, it's. It, I think it's really good. That's like another moment that's like for me works yeah. really well. Yeah, it's um, it, yeah, it's 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 actually kind of smart and how it dumb it is. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, let's see after that. Um, I do remember was uh, it taking, also taking my notes that, like, the boat scenes, like, all, all that boat chase was shot, like, over multiple days, I think, because there's, like, sometimes it looks like it's sunny and sometimes it's super cloudy, and I think the lighting goes from one to the <laughs> other, and it kind of, like, really bothered me while watching it. Um, there's, like, a, a lot of static shots that are, like, on the boat with Crest, who's like looking at the Bond chase scene that are shot com- on a completely different day than like all the stunts, all the boat stunts. I think that's uh, that's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah I, di- I didn't even catch that, but yeah, that's huh. Um, <laughs> uh, the logistics of shooting a scene are different now, I guess. Yeah. Now they would just replace that, they would just, yeah, they would just make it look brighter. Um, yeah, the the whole escape is kind of, uh, um, and then after that, do we go to him meeting up with uh the uh the DEA agent that uh Felix was uh talking to uh Miss uh the one of the Bond yeah, girls in the Pambu movie v. yeah yeah um uh, who's played by Carrie Lowell who's like um I guess the Bond girl I say in this movie. Um, yeah. Um. She yeah she she meets up with uh him uh in a bar um and like yeah. tries to convince her to take him to Ismus like she's gonna he's gonna pay her a lot um but mm-hmm. uh she's like being um. There are like some Sanchez goons in the bar, including uh, Bernice del Toro's uh, Dario. Um, mm-hmm. 
So they have this big like shootout that degenerates in a huge bar fight, and mm-hmm. they can uh, escape on uh, by like shooting a shotgun into a wall and like jumping out on a boat. And um, she gets shot, but she has like a, a killer vest on. So it, mm-hmm. the, it it's like, but need to mention how like off the wall that bar fight scene is like it goes like fully like uh tokyo drifter yes it just it just immediately it goes from zero to a hundred very quickly it's um lots of just like people like throwing stuff at each other and like random shooting and yeah it's um but it's it's rather exciting i would um and uh, the moment when she just like blows that hole in the wall is um it's a lot it's a lot to take in i I like that we introduced that character by her like looking at the walter ppk and be like (laughs) he's carrying and and like bond shows him like her his little gun and she has like a shotgun in her vest and she's like i'm gonna take care of this you just like hang around Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that, that's like barely a gun at <laughs> this bar. <laughs> it's good. Yep. Um, she agrees to take him to Ismus. Um, yeah. And um, when they so they land there, and Bond has this plan where he's like, uh, he has like uh, millions of dollars with him. I, I guess like the thing Bond is rich, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he really mention yeah. it, but he's like he has a lot of money. Right? Yeah, um, he has money. I mean, if if we assume that he is really supposed to be the same Bond, he would have a lot of money by now. Um, if he's if he's meant to be the same character, um, and yeah, he's he's just he's just takes money out of his personal account and he's spending it. Uh, I mean, spending also, it in his mess, the, the, it the bank. Yeah, the yeah. thing that's like uh, with this early Bond. I mean the early Bond, like in this 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 era of Bond and previously, mm-hmm. I think there's this assumption that he's like high society, like he's the son mm-hmm. of a lord or something like that, um, or yeah. was like he has a title, uh, and like uh, um, mm-hmm. that's where like all his like uh, I mean his persona is not all fake, like it's, it's him, mm-hmm. um, so. Yeah, he he gets there with a lot of money and like plays the like rich businessman at first, opens a huge account, goes to the casino, plays with large amounts of money that he wins and loses, and then goes see Sanchez to see what his like to uh, scout his office and see that Sanchez is um like he's hiding behind bulletproof glass and he's like he kind of offers himself to Sanchez that hasn't met him yet uh, as like a, a mercenary or someone that could mm-hmm. help him or protect him yeah um, but at the same time he's try- planning to kill him um, at this point uh, he's joined him and Pambouvier who has decided to stay with him and try to help him uh um, Kill Sanchez uh, are joined by Q, who's been mm-hmm. sent by Money Penny with a bunch of like uh, uh, a bunch of gadgets 
so even if this is not a classic Bond movie, you still get a bunch of dumb gadgets. Yes, you do, and you get Q. And I think this might be my favorite movie for Q. It has yeah. to be high up there because Q has some of the best moments. Um, we'll get to one of them in a little bit. Um, but it, it just even from his first opening line where he's like pulled through the door um, and Bond holds a gun on him um, and the, the immediate like, Oh, it's good to see you Q, but what are you doing here? And all that stuff. Like um, all that stuff is really good. Um, and I just like that Q is, um, he's, he's very much like Alfred in this movie more than he normally is. Um, but that's the role that he's given, like the sort of guy who has to explain things to other people he has to explain, uh, to, uh, Bouvier later on that Bond is just doing what Bond does by, uh, flirting with, <laughs> flirting with, the uh, uh, Robert Davi's, uh, uh, girlfriend or, or forced girlfriend yeah. um uh yeah like I, I just like his whole role in this movie overall um and i like that it's money penny that sends him um it, it was interesting seeing her in the classic money penny set i think this is the only time she got to do that um uh, not a big role in this movie but we knew that um yeah she you got yeah. to cut all cut the way to her uh, and m talking like she kind of um uh, like she M asks her who's authorizing these investigation on where Bond is, and she's like, "I know you're worried, M. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. I, I, but so I'm doing that like for us to know." Yeah, it's a sweet little scene. Um, yeah, that feels it feels like very. Um, it feels just like very, uh, the money penny in general. Mm-hmm. Um. It it feels like something that um, also uh, the earlier Money Penny uh, Lewis Maxwell would have done for sure. Yeah, yeah, it feels very in in place for that character. This it, it is interesting. This movie is trying to set a lot of new ground, but it also feels very um, much like it's trying to reach into the past movies uh, quite a bit. Um, just from the way the characters act and react to things. Um, and again, you know, the whole um, mentioning of uh, uh, James being married before. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then just back to the plot, we we are introduced to uh, the uh, Hong Kong narcotic, narcotics. I don't know what happened there. Um, maybe I had a stroke. <laughs> Uh, undercover guy um we see him in the background of a lot of scenes uh asking questions about sanchez's operation um, yes. sanchez is trying to link up with like like sanchez does all the drug trafficking in north america and he's trying yep. to link up with uh east asian uh criminals to make a deal mm-hmm. so that they can distribute his product uh, in East Asia, and you get those mm-hmm. scenes with uh, all the uh, uh, East Asian in- investors who are called Orientals in this movie, which bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's not um, great. Yeah, <laughs> not good. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it. I, I guess it's better than there, there's one thing in this movie where I was like, <sighs> where I had to like really like get mad at the movie for a second. Why are there ninjas? 
Um, I don't, I don't understand why the Hong Kong narcotics division is, uh, is dressed up as yeah, ninjas. Just, I mean, not only are they just like ninjas, why are they investigating Sanchez who has never sold any drug in Asia? Apparently they're just like mm-hmm. getting like, like Hong Kong police. Why are Hong Kong police in Isthmus? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like it, it's like such right. a random choice. It feels like an excuse to get that actor in there. Um, But there are better excuses. Like he's their man in Ismus instead of having to bring in random white guy who gets shot. Um, For sure. Like I I was expecting him to be like posing as a a businessman, but being like the MI6's man in Ismus. But then you have to just bring another guy to be there for like half a scene to chastise Bond and then just be killed by a tank. Because yeah. okay, Bond sets up this whole plan to kill uh, Sanchez, where he's going to blow up, like he blows up the, the, the bulletproof window using an explosive, and then is going to shoot uh, um, Sanchez with a sniper. Um, mm-hmm. The plan kind of works, until he's he's jumped by a bunch of ninjas who are uh, apparently the Hong Kong Narcotics Division, um, who are like literally out of a Jackie Chan movie. Like I, I yes, like there's no. It's like it's like police story character like in a fake South American country uh, chasing after James Bond. Like there's no reason. Why this is happening <laughs> it's pretty dumb um mm-hmm. uh they capture it... Bo- like they knock him out and they capture bond uh and uh, the mi6 guy shows up and he's like i'm gonna take him take his gun i'm gonna take him back to uh out of the country um bring him back to the mi6 and then sanchez shows up with a fucking tank and blows up that safe house Kills yes. all the Hong Kong narcotics people and um, Bonds, Bond, who earlier offered his services to protect Sanchez, kind of looks like a hero there. And like uh, um, Sanchez, like takes him to his mansion and like kind of um, at this point, kind of hires him as a consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, so you so Bond is inside and not, and then there's uh what John Glenn cuz I'm not going to say I necessarily thought about it there's some of that in there but John Glenn himself says uh um uh, Bond has his Yojimbo moment uh mm. where he's trying to um kind of throw I mean, Yojimbo uses yeah. both clan against each other. In this case, he's kind of just whispering stuff uh, to the Europe right. Sanchez to make him mistrustful of Crest, to make him mistrustful of his other um, other like uh, henchmen. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he yeah he's playing he's playing the game. He's using people against each other, weakening Sanchez from the inside. It's it's actually very similar to um, the plot of the 2003 Punisher movie with Thomas Jane does a similar thing. Um, yeah, it's this, it's a kind of standard revenge plot thing, but it's I think it's executed pretty well. Um, 
the death of Crest is um, pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it leads to Bond further setting him up. He like puts money on the boat that is sort of hard to explain and and uh it leads to crest being put into a decompression chamber um uh, and exploding um yeah, yeah it's it's uh it's pretty funny the way he he just blows up like a balloon it's pretty good um yeah there, there's a scene that i mentioned before that's very funny where like Chris is trying to explain how the guy that got on the ship escaped and then uh, Sanchez asks um, Lupe his uh, girlfriend uh, who uh, did you see anything and she's like no nothing like that happened so uh, because at this point she's fully been seduced by Bond <laughs> she's mm -hmm. in love with him with I say with uh, an asterisk there uh, because you get Pam Bouvier making fun of that line immediately because it's like she's yeah. it's like who's this dumb girl? <laughs> I love it. I, I her a lot of her lines in this movie are pretty pretty solid. Um, yeah, uh, it's it feels very much like she's channeling Carrie Fisher. Um, um, I don't think she has. I'm not going to say she's not as talented as Carrie Fisher, but she doesn't have quite the same level of charisma, but I think it works in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the time. Um, and yeah, that leads to, uh, yeah. Yeah, it leads to, yeah. So at this point, like uh, he's going to show his facilities to yeah. the Asian investors. Um, so he takes bond with him. Uh, they go around the facility and then Benicio del Toro is there, recognizes Bond. Uh, Bond tries to start the fire and escape. Uh, uh, the, apparently, the small fire he starts is unstoppable. That's what like <laughs> all the scientists are saying. Everyone is escaping. They're taking like they're escaping with instead of trying to stay the facility, they're escaping in trucks, which apparently each has like hundred million dollars worth of like cocaine uh, in them. Um, and Bond is left to die uh, by uh, Sanchez, um, but uh, Pam Bouvier shows up. Uh, at the same time, Pam Bouvier is like trying to infiltrate the facility uh, because even though Bond told her in Q to escape, they're still there to help him. Uh, <laughs> the way she infiltrates it is by uh, kind of. To start, she just gives money to everyone. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm here to do some studying because it's under a supposedly, like, I don't know, historic, like, a archaeology school or something like that. She uh, says something about a church as well. Like, she's a donor to get in as also. I mean, she um, says she's a donor because she's giving out, like, yeah, like, thousands of dollars to each, like, each man, one after the other. And then she makes it to... Um, professor. That, that's why I said that it's like a, I think it's a school or something because mm. there's a guy called Professor Joe who's just like this, uh, this sleazy kind of like um, <laughs> Latin American guy that's like takes her to 
his like love nest that he built inside a reproduced pyramid and he's like yeah i made all the walls so we can do anything in there on this huge bed and no one will hear us and she's like no one is gonna hear us <laughs> so basically she shoots next to him and then take he gets like um all the information from him and just locks him in there and he's yeah. completely in love you get another moment of her running away and almost running him over uh and he's like what a woman <laughs> it's really funny <laughs> yeah it's, it's really well the, yeah the whole joe butcher televangelist thing is yeah uh, it's really good yeah, uh, it, it really works that, that, that's the, that's one of my favorite moments in this movie is like uh the, the guy is a televangelist and uh the way Sanchez is like selling drugs is by putting him on television and saying, mm -hmm. okay, we need to raise X amount of money, which would be the price, like, I guess, of a ton of cocaine or something, or, or a kilogram mm -hmm. of cocaine, I guess, and, he, and be like, uh, okay, this is how much we want, $22,000. And then, oh, we got a donation from New York uh for a hundred dollars so they bought a hundred times the amount in new york now oh, we got a donation from chicago for five hundred dollars and it's it's all set up that yeah. way and like sanchez is looking at it on television it's it's really good i think all that whole setup is so funny and so well done mm -hmm. and yeah and again it, it works so well it, it doesn't even though it is a thing that is primarily associated with the 80s it just still it still fits it, it feels like a i mean it feels like it would be a solid plan <laughs> to, to get to get that money and to have it come through in like a in a way that's not traceable as being drug money it's just yeah it's really clever um and we we sort of get more of like his operation more of the people that work with him um with the joe butcher stuff and i like the way that when we get to that very ending part after he's stopped being able to trust um crest it's just him slowly picking off his own men um until he gets to the final one where the guy hasn't even betrayed him he's just being annoying uh yeah, just, like, a scientist guy that's kind of like lamenting everything that's happening to them like he's like a he's like like an accountant or a business guy or mm -hmm. scientists, or all those put together, I feel like. But, Something like that, yeah. yeah. But he's, like, kind of lamenting every loss of money, and then he's... And then uh, Sanchez is just done with him and just shoots him in the head. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, you So so Bond, like, survives being left for dead, chases... And then you get, like, the truck chase, where uh, he's chasing... Um, He's chasing Sanchez. Uh, the there's a side plot where they have like some stinger missiles. Uh, that mm -hmm. like a guy that a, a guy is maybe trying to sell back to the U.S. for uh, to be exonerated. Um, uh, but what results of that is that they shoot a stinger at Bond in a truck and he does a fast and furious stunt and dodges it in the truck. It's so dumb. I love it. He, oh, I love it so much. He like goes up on like one one wheel by using like a 
a pile of dirt or something and he like, <laughs> something like that dodges a missile and then keeps going and kind of crashes but like the thing is done <laughs> he does a lot of stuff he uses he uses the fact that trucks can like go at an angle to get through fire it's it's really ridiculous a lot of it but it's i i think it works um and it, it it all fits within the bond stuff i think the only reason that it's like distracting is that this movie is trying to be so serious in places um that moments like that or the ninjas really stand out as being aggressively goofy yeah. um but yeah yeah i think i think I mean, they sell it i think they make it work i mean yeah a lot of the, like we mentioned at the beginning a lot of that truck stuff looks really like it looks like they're doing stunts with an actual truck and it's like yes it's not really believable 100 of course but it's like there's uh just the fact that they're actually doing stunts i think kind of works for me mm-hmm. um and yeah do you, you get like a Uh, final confrontation with Sanchez. He uses a lighter that Felix gave him at the beginning to set him on fire because he's covered with like uh, oil, I guess. And yeah, um, and yeah, you get a post credit, which is like a not a post credit, but like an epilogue, which is at a gala where like Bond um, uh, chooses uh, Pam over Lupe. Uh, he like jumps off the second floor into a pool and then drags him, drags her in. It's really cute, and uh, yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a film. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, overall, uh, I guess uh, I I would put this pretty high on my if I were to do like a list. We're gonna do a final list at some point. Yeah, we'll do a final um, list. In uh, yeah. a couple of months, uh, if we keep going like this, uh, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Pretty, I I think we'll get there soon. Um, but yeah, like it, uh, you know, I've talked about this before. Some of these movies have really gone up, uh, in my estimation. Some of them have gone down, and I I think I like this movie more than I ever have. Um, I think part of it is that I've this is one of those ones where I'm not sure I ever really sat down and watched it beginning to end. This one really lived on the watching 40 minutes of it at a time and then just not paying attention. Um, but like really taking this in as one movie, I think it works. It works as like a kind of goofy eighties action movie. It works as a bond movie. Um, nothing about it is, uh, aggressively dated to me in, in ways that I don't find entertaining. Um, and yeah, like it's a pretty solid bond movie kind of middle of the road, but you know, we've seen some movies that I would call middle of the road that I wouldn't want to watch again. Uh, um, uh, yeah, this, this one was yeah. honestly like, uh, for, for a bond movie, I think it, it has like the, the parts of, uh, like it it has the parts and it ha- it works as a whole and mm-hmm. i think like uh, um i mean from timothy dalton is not an actor and knew uh, all as bond i had never seen i think a mm-hmm. second of his movies and i think he, I, I like them um i yeah. i don't think i kind of see why people like say he feels the less the least like bond maybe um mm-hmm. I kind of see that because he's like, he's he's kind of 
extreme in a he's kind of to one end of the extreme but i think mm-hmm. like with recent history and i don't know what they're gonna do with bond in the future um we'll talk about that eventually but mm-hmm. uh i think yeah he feels he, he he's close to he he's um him and Donald Craig definitely have this like darker yeah. side to Bond, um, and I like this movie like how like, personal it feels, um, mm-hmm. and how like how much pleasure he's taking in like ruining this guy's life. It's not pleasure in like doing his job well. It's like pleasure because he just fucking hates this guy, and I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that too. Um, and, I, and, I, yeah. and you get like so much cue, and you get like great chemistry with Curry Lowell. Um, I think yeah. like uh, having like those three together makes for like even if I don't, I think Robert Davi is fine, but um, um, I think just like having a lot of yeah. chemistry most of the time where when they're on screen is is uh, makes for mm-hmm. for success. Yeah, I think it works uh, absolutely. You know, and you have these moments you know some actually i think some really good jokes you know the whole um i hope you don't snore q is really funny um i really really love q doing like a i guess he's dressed up like just a a random ismissian um with like that black fake mustache over his face and the broom that he's not even sweeping (laughs) That he's just like holding two feet up in the air, uh, but doing the motions that has a clear radio antenna in it. And he speaks into it. He's like, the the car is coming or something like that. And I, uh, that moment gets me every time Um, I forget about it. uh, And then I watch it again. I'm like, oh, that that's delightful. Um, uh, Yeah. So stuff like that um, really stands out. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about Professor Joe, and we talked about the Avengers. All that's really funny, I think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so this movie has this reputation of being dark, and I think it it's that way because there's like some darker motivation in there. And the beginning is kind mm-hmm. of brutal, like uh, seeing Della fucked up, and then seeing uh, Felix also in a awful state in the hospital with no legs. Uh, it's, yeah. it's 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 uh, a I mean, you do get to see Felix at the end of this movie, um, and he's kind of feels like a lot, a bit too jovial for someone who just lost his new wife. But uh, yeah, yeah, it feels like that was shot before the rest of the movie, kind of like it's, it's a. I almost wish that we hadn't cut away or cut back to him. Yeah, um, if they left it a little bit more vague. Um, I, yeah, I think the dark reputation just comes from, um, I, I think, well, the, the period of time when the movie came out, people really like to sort of cherry pick it. Again, like, I don't think that this is any, no, I'm, I was going to say it's not any goofier than A View to a Kill, but A View to a Kill has some goofy stuff in it, um, but it's no, I, I wouldn't say on average it's goofier than anything in the Moore movies. Um, it's about at level though with the Connery stuff, because um, those Connery movies are goofier than I think a lot of people <laughs> remember them to be, um, as we learned firsthand. So, yeah, it, it's just it's just eighties aesthetic and like eighties violence. I mean, this is a movie that comes out after Scarface, um, so of course it's going to be a little bit more violent and a little bit more shocking. Um, 
you know, and they're pulling from like real life stuff. There's, you know, I don't want to nerd out on Pablo Escobar stuff, but that's clearly an influence here and the real life stuff going on there and uh, stuff in Colombia. Um, you know, the, the fact that Felix at the beginning is clearly um, trying to get Sanchez so that he can install his own uh, drug kingpin that the CIA controls. Um, you know, all that's clearly, you know, just unwritten. Some of like, yeah, this guy, he's, he's, he's just a, a drug lord, but there's going to be another one. And the next one will be on our payroll. <laughs> oh, yeah, just exactly. give us hundreds of tens of millions of dollars. So we let him do whatever he wants in Miami. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh uh, should we do the other like a uh, segmenty stuff? I know we've mostly jettisoned them. There wasn't really a car, so we can kind of skip that one. Um, I wouldn't say to skip this one. So no, I wouldn't say that there's a standout scene. Um, I would just say watch this movie it, again. Like with the last one, it's such an oddity. There aren't only two Timothy Dalton movies, so if you're trying to do like a marathon of these movies, uh, yeah, watch this one. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I think I'd I'd say watch this one over the previous one maybe if sure. I had to pick one. Uh but they're both pretty uh I, I think uh we'll, we'll get to the ranking eventually we <laughs> keep saying mm-hmm. but they're all they're they're both uh, pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um things. Um I don't yeah. Um I don't know. Did you, did you have like a final thoughts? Final? Yeah, no, none, I, I don't know. Nothing more on this movie. I think I just like a personal Bond story. Uh, I like Timothy yeah. Dalton overall. I'm excited to get to the Bond movies I know and like revisit them. Like I haven't, mm-hmm. like even though I know those, uh, um, there's Pierce Brosnan ones, uh, I haven't seen them in a long, long time. Uh, at least most of them. Um, and that's, that's, uh, I'm excited to get there. Uh, also, yeah. this is coming out, I think, after No Time to Die is out, and we both, but we recorded it before, so we both haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess next episode we can maybe start with like some like impressions, but we'll get to the movie when we'll get to the movie. Um, yeah, th- I think yeah, that's we'll, the mm-hmm. yeah, that's, we'll, that's we'll, the point we, of this show. <laughs> yeah, we might wait until we actually get to the newer to the Craig movies. We'll see. We'll we'll yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, yeah, we'll probably mention it and then talk about it in length when mm-hmm. we get to our to the, an episode on it and then rank uh, whatever <laughs> rank the Bond movies. Um, and after yeah. that, who knows? Um, yeah, let's do some plugs. Uh, you can follow. Well, me. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do one. Yeah, I'll do a final thought real quick. Just oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I just want to say, uh, you know. I guess um, on the on the idea of like, do I think that there should have been another movie? Do I think Dalton deserved like another chance or that he should have gotten a, a third movie? I do think so. Um, none of the movies that I've heard described to me, though, sounded very good. Um, uh, most of the plots I've heard suggest him going to Japan. Um, hmm. <laughs> Thinking about the one Sean Connery went to Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, that didn't work out last time. I don't know. Um, but yeah, 
I, I would have loved to have seen another Dalton movie um, after this. I think, you know, I, I've definitely heard in other interviews, people say every Bond needs to get to a third movie for people to, like, fall in love with them. And I kind mm-hmm. of agree. I think he, he kind of needed a third one. Um, and then just sort of final thoughts. I do think Dalton works as a Bond, but what you said in our first episode on him really stands out to me is that he he's Dalton first and then he's Bond. And I think that's why not a lot of people will do the sort of um, go back and say, well, he's one of my favorite Bonds. In the same way that I do think that there is this movement around Lazenby to like point out how good he is. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think that's because Lazenby faded away afterwards in a in a way that Dalton is he's still here as we've mentioned many times he's still doing things he's still Timothy Daltoning it up um, so yeah yeah, that's, uh, yeah. I, I feel like he's the only he's the only Bond which I think I think about him and I don't think about Bond immediately I think about uh, yeah Hot Fuzz. Or I think about American Outlaws or like movies that I grew up watching with him in it, um, or watch when I was a teen with him in it. Uh, since I hadn't seen these movies, whereas like uh, I don't even even Sean Connery, who's in a lot of great movies after being Bond, like young Sean Connery is Bond, and old Sean Connery is mm-hmm. something different. Like uh, there, there's a separation in there. And like even recently, I watched uh, uh, I watched Spice World uh, for the first time, and Roger Moore plays like their like um, agent slash like the owner of the like the boss of the uh, the label, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, this is like Roger Moore Bond, right? It's like it, it's it's like impossible to separate the two. Um, uh, and even like Daniel Craig is probably the closest again to an actor that's like we see in other things than Bond, but like at this point, he's become more Bond than anything else. Uh, yeah. Even though like he, like we've, I think, but he's the only actor we've watched before, like uh, we saw in movies, I guess, before we saw him in Bond, maybe, or like around the same time, right? Yeah, I mean, we can definitely talk about him more in length later on, but he he has an interesting thing going on, and I'm very curious. By the by, the time he gets to the Sean, the late Sean Connery part of his career, will he be Bond or will he be Benoit Blanc? Um, <laughs> which which one of those will be the dominant uh, descriptor of a uh, of him? Um, only time can tell. Um, so yeah, yeah. Or will he keep acting for twenty to thirty years, or right. will he retire with his hundreds of millions of dollars off Bond and just kind of uh, yeah. take it easy, right? Will he will he be like a, a Leo DiCaprio, where you see him in like one movie every three years or whatever? Yeah. Um, only time will tell. Anyway, um, plugs. Uh, yeah. You can yeah. follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Easier. Uh, you can email us uh, your Timothy Dalton thoughts and Bond thoughts in general at losharopodcast at gmail.com. Um, and uh, if for some reason you only listen to our Bond episodes, uh, I'd highly recommend you listen to our Satoshi Khan uh, two-parter where we cover his movies. I think it's some of our best 
uh, Lost Horror Podcast episode. So um, that's it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Phantom Zone is uh, coming back. A lot of us were out of town for things and uh, saw a concert. So yeah, uh, that's that's coming back. We're going to do a, a special thing because we're... Phantom Zone turned five years old at the end of last month. Um, uh, last month is the time this is coming out. Uh, so listen to that thing when it comes out. We're gonna be um, we're gonna be fixing a mistake that was made. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Uh, and uh, some three AM stuff might be brewing. So yeah, that's. Get get excited. Um, so yeah, uh, that's the plugs. And uh... ba da da da.